Yesterday on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, as we've been talking about restoring a proper sense of sin, Patty, you said something that's been sticking with me, that when we look at what our Lord endured for our sin and look at our sins, it really opens my eyes to how much he loves us, that he would endure that for my sin. And it has opened my eyes to a whole new level when I make my examination of conscience of all the ways that I have been that whip or that crown of thorns in the passion. And I am just ready to hear what you have in store for us today. All right. Well, we're talking about restoring a proper sense of sin to to grow in our knowledge of our own sins, but also to hate There's only one thing we should hate, and it's to hate sin. You know, we talked about just naming sins for what they are, not just imperfections and faults. And then yesterday, placing our sins in the story of the passion of Christ and realizing what our sins have done to our Lord. Today, I just want to encourage us on a very, very practical level to look at what sin does. And for the sake of time, I mean, there's so many ways we could look at what sin does. I'm going to look at two effects of sin in the world. Number one. Sin has bad consequences. Since the fall of Adam, things have not worked out well. I mean, if you just look at the world, but every form of violence, racism, poverty, addiction, it all has a name. It's sin. When I was 16 years old and I cheated on a biology test in high school, it had a name. That sin had a name and it had consequences. My mother offered grace. I will never forget it. She offered grace when I sinned that day. She taught me also that sometimes the natural consequences of my own sin are enough punishment. She didn't punish me that day. She says, you'll have to suffer the natural consequences because natural consequences come with every single sin. So if I continue to do X, Y is going to happen. And as a parent, I guess I would encourage you not to remove natural consequences of behavior because when we remove the natural consequences of our behavior, very often it makes us stay in the sin. Sometimes the natural consequences will force us out of the sin. The second thing that sin does, if we just look at it on a very, very practical way, is someone once said this, and I find it to be true. Sin makes you stupid. Now, that sounds a little bit you know, crass, but it's true. Our logic is gone when we choose sin over and over again. Our reasoning is gone because we're justifying evil. We sometimes don't even see clearly what reality is. I think of a teenager, you know, who sneaks out at night, maybe to meet up with friends, breaks into a car, steals it, gets pulled over, decides to try to outrun a police officer and crashes into a tree. I mean, we've seen this happen in the news and that teenager ends up dead. Go back to the beginning, the very act of sneaking out at night when his mother might think he's at home in bed is the downward spiral of sin. One bad decision leads to another. But this isn't just about teenagers. Look at any adults who just believe one little lie and and what happens to us. We lose our sense of reality, our common sense. Logic is gone when we cling to sinful ideas and we renounce objective truth. Very, very often we'll justify it. So we'll almost justify anything. And again, it sounds crazy, but sin makes you stupid. So just look at what sin does. It has terrible consequences and it forces us to lose our proper understanding of reality and make good decisions. So just on a practical level, that'll help us hate sin even more because it never turns out well. If there were a T-shirt we could sell that said sin makes you stupid, I would be the first one to endorse it and saying, I've been there. I've lived this. I can testify. That is 100% true. Patty, thank you for this dose of encouragement.